And Cadet Gotti. Cadet Gotti. Everyone has a unique gift, and Mike and Diana, host of the One Life podcast, believe that most people don't know how to use their gifts or what they are. Mike and Diana want you to see things from a different perspective and be true to yourself. And, so the One what's Life uh, podcast unites the, the world through the art, fashion, music, Similar. and film. It inspires, Similar. motivates, and creates positive energy, love, and compassion to all communities, and creates an equal playing field for all. On the One Life podcast, they cover topics like building relationships, overcoming adversity, habits of healthy people, and much, much more. We only have one life to live. Be yourself and live your truth. Add the One Life podcast you to your playlist. That's the number one I just in your life. Available on Spotify, yeah, yeah. Amazon yeah. Music, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcast platforms. Hi, right, y'all. Welcome back to the One Life Podcast. I am Mike M.I.C. Reed, and as always, I got my co-host, Diana Gotti from the AV Wellbeing Coalition, hey. doing it the Gotti way. With the Gotti girls today. With the Gotti girls. We got uh, Cadet Gotti with us today. We yes. got uh, Captain Adam Staley. Staley. I told you I'm bad with names, you guys. You guys know I'm bad with names. <laughs> and then Chief Staley. Yes. Right? Yes. Hope. Uh, you don't go by Chief Hope Staley or... Uh, I typically go by Chief Stay, but Just e- either's okay. Okay. Well, welcome, you guys. Thank you guys for joining us today. Thank How you, you so guys much doing? for having us. Oh, man, it's our pleasure. Yeah. So, uh, let's just get into it, because we already yeah. talked about the community stuff. Uh, yes. Let's just get into it. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, what you guys do. Uh, that was a hard stop. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so, Civil Air Patrol is the United States Air Force Auxiliary, okay. and we started in 1941 uh, six days before the attack on Pearl Harbor. And it started out as a bunch of um, civilians who were denied military service uh, based off of race, ethnicity, um, age, um, gender, and, and a bunch of other things. Um, but the military leaders at the time, some of the military leaders at the time saw a um, gap in our national security. And they said, we're not going to divert resources from the war effort that's coming but what we are going to do is take this group of people who want to serve and we're going to make them a patrolling unit for the United States. And so back then we did uh, patrols looking for enemy submarines and we also did uh, a lot of search and rescue. So um, in the midst of World War II, we sunk two submarines and we saved, um, I believe, almost 200,000 lives. And there are cases in the Atlantic specifically where the sailors refused to set sail to go and resupply England unless they knew Civil Air Patrol was flying overhead because they knew if they were sunk by an enemy submarine, mm-hmm. they knew that if we were flying, they would be rescued. Mm-hmm. Um, so since then, we've evolved from dropping bombs um, to three primary missions and aerospace education, cadet programs, and emergency services. And, uh, and at Squadron 49 and at Plan 42, we do a mixture of those three missions every single week. Okay. So, um, and so we're going to talk and forgive me if I don't know a lot, um, cause I'm going to totally go, okay. go, cause you're, sounds like you're very knowledgeable, but like how I was just saying earlier, how your sister looks 12 years old, like you yes. look like you're 15 and <laughs> you, it sounds like you were very, very knowledgeable. Like how long you been doing this? I've been doing this since February of 2011. I started out as a cadet, um, as a young 14-year-old, and now I'm the unit commander at Squadron 49. And what what made you uh, get into it? Um, So at the time, I thought I was going to go into the military, and I was a rather um, angry young man. uh, (laughs) And uh, and, and And that's fair. No, it is fair. And so uh, I, I... 
wanted to do something that would help prepare me for the future that I thought I was going to have. And uh, as soon as I came to Civil Air Patrol, I just saw a um, group of volunteer professionals and people where you could literally see the more work you put into it, the more you got out of it. Mm-hmm. And so I started uh, working in there and um, started promoting. And eventually I gained skills that helped me get uh, my entire college education paid for by the Department of Defense. I started out as somebody who had a very, very severe fear of public speaking, which is ironic considering I'm on a podcast now. <laughs> and you're um, doing amazing, by the way. And, yeah. uh, and I had a very severe stutter, very severe lisp. And, uh, and basically, I almost had a nervous breakdown when my sergeant at the time said, you're going to be teaching a aerospace current event for two to five minutes next Tuesday. Get ready. And uh, I almost flat out cried. Uh, <laughs> but through, you know, years and, uh, and, and growing and slowly growing and learning how to lead and what makes people tick mm-hmm. um, to some degree, I was able to use those skills towards a national scholarship and I got, uh, I, and I actually got it. And, uh, that's how I have my job. That's how I paid for all my college. They paid me to go to college. And, wow. uh, and then, um, I also got internships all throughout college. So, uh, through that scholarship. So for me, it's a, it started out as I thought I was going into the military. Um, but it turns out that, um, God had different plans and uh, and and things didn't work out uh, that way. But I still work at Edwards Air Force Base as a DoD civilian. So, 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 what was the moment? Because uh, you said you you was an angry kid. I, I think like all of us, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I said um, it's kind of fair. Like I think we all, you know, kids angry, angry at the world because we're not getting our way. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what, what was the, the deciding factor? Like um, when you went into this program and you saw your life change. That is a great question, Mike. Um, I would say the defining moment was learning that I had control over what I wanted to do. Wow, um, that, that's a great answer. And so basically it was, um, I believe it was a senior member at the time. Um, he was teaching a class on there's two different mentalities that you can have going throughout life. And... Um, one is you can be a uh, have a victimhood mentality where mm-hmm. it's as if you're on a roller coaster and you have no control. Right. Um, the other mentality is to have a victor mentality and be in control. And even if things life will happen no matter what, but if you look at crises crises as opportunities, um, then it kind of takes some of the sting away. Right. Um, uh, I believe it was uh, Winston Churchill who said that. Um, it is a true tra- tragedy uh, to let a crisis go to waste. Mm-hmm. So um, that realizing that even as a 14, 15-year-old kid at the time, um, I had the ability to change what I wanted to do and what I, how I interpreted the world um, from a, oh, everyone's out to get me to, mm-hmm. you know what, there are jerks out there and they might very well be out to get me but i have no control over that all i can control is my sphere of influence and myself well you know congratulations on that because it, yeah. it's a lot of kids um especially at that age don't realize that yeah. because you you are one you are responsible for your happiness you are responsible for what happens to you you're responsible for how your life is going to turn out mm-hmm. and most adults still don't even know that yes yeah. so congrats on that man that's that's uh 
It's admiring. Yeah, and and ever since that moment, I have seen the value of seeing batch after batch of kids uh, go through Squadron 49 and see them start out as very, very shy, timid. I can't even get them to speak to me right. uh, initially to... Um, they're they're going to speech competitions. They've got a full ride scholarship. They are going. I have one cadet who just got accepted into a flight academy on a full ride scholarship, and he's going to get his uh, pilot's license for free, basically. Wow, that's um, which is really really cool. And he's seventeen is. years old. Um, that ain't cheap. Yeah, that is not <laughs> yeah. cheap. And and seeing those opportunities come uh, just by you put in the work, you put in the effort, and you decided to go out and do this. Right. And and that's why I've predominantly stayed is because it changed my life i like i want to facilitate it changing other people's lives as well and um ma'am <laughs> chief staley, yeah. chief staley it's okay. It's okay. did you know i ma'am. <laughs> so i mean how, how did you get out to this so how I joined was, well, first of all, uh, my brother was in Civil Air Patrol as a cadet. <clears throat> I was rather young. I'd watch him every Tuesday go get in his uniform, get fill up his backpack with everything he needed, and left to CAP. Um, for me, it was like, oh, he must be going to CAP. It's just another event. But when I started observing more, like I noticed a change in him at, you know, at home. Um, uh, in a sense, he was more responsible in a way but mm-hmm. he took ownership of things yeah. uh, i noticed it definitely a change in, like his ability to public speak i'm like wow what are they doing at civil air patrol so uh during the end of year banquet which they have every single year around christmas time it's basically you have an overview of everything that they did and sometimes they'll have cadets give speeches and whatnot hand out awards and that was the first time i ever really experienced a cap meeting when i went to watch him receive an award and I'm like, wow, this is a this is a cool program. It's changing lives. It's mm-hmm. doing all kinds of different things to cadets that you don't really get anywhere else. So about 2019, I, I had turned about 13 at the time, and I came up to him. I'm like, oh, can I come with you to the next CAP meeting? I'd like to check out more about what they do there. So I went there, and then from then on, I just was hooked to it. Mm-hmm. From the drill, from the uniforms, uh, especially the leadership opportunities that they give you. Yeah. Um, I definitely learned a lot from Civil Air Patrol, and I would not be the person I am today um, if not for CAP. Now, did, did you have other dreams? Um, so at the at time, 13? I didn't really know what I was wanting to do. I didn't really um, – I grew up homeschooled, so I didn't really have a whole lot of opportunities that were open to me. There weren't a lot of places I could go, uh, which is primarily why I wanted to check out CAP. But CAP mm-hmm. actually set me on the course, and because of Civil Air Patrol, it's given me the experience, and it's opened a door to help show me what I really want to do. Um, I found my dream job because of Civil Air Patrol, mm-hmm. and they're the ones who helped get me where I am heading now. Yeah. I mean, what and is that your, is yeah. What is your dream job? Uh, public relations. It's also okay. known as public affairs. It's a lot of the connections between organizations, um, protecting reputation through uh, media productions. Yeah. You know, it could be social media, it could be publications. Uh, where uh, public relations is in charge of monitoring all that, so it shows the organization in the best light possible. I like that. I like that too. Yeah. And, and for you, like, because um, you're you're at a uh, right now, right? No, no, I'm at Edwards. Uh, Edwards, Edwards I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, is this something you're going to stick with as a career? I can see that. So uh, at Edwards or Civil Air Patrol in general? Civil, yeah. So um, we're all volunteers. So this okay. is uh, what my wife sometimes uh, 
affectionately calls my second job. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and I fully intend to to stay as long as, as possible. Wait, mate. I'm sorry. I don't mean to apologize. Are you married? Yes, I am. You look so young to be married, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you really do. I'm sorry. Mar- happily married for three years now. Oh, well, congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. That's good. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I fully intend on staying in Civil Air Patrol. I, it's given me so many unique opportunities, mm-hmm. and it's still giving me unique opportunities um, to lead and learn how to lead in different circumstances. And it's a, it's a, it's a, every week is a new leadership challenge. Mm-hmm. Some positive, some, some not so fun. Um, there, there are ups and downs, uh, like with anything, right. but, uh, it's given me such unique opportunities and given me such growth that I want to continue to see it, give other people growth and mm-hmm. facilitate. Um, from my perspective, it's kind of evolved from, I, I started with Civil Air Patrol thinking that this is a gateway to help me get what I want, which to some degree it is. Um, but I have kind of changed my mindset to now this is an opportunity and an open door to maximize my impact on future American leaders. That's right. I love that. Yeah. And I think your story is so amazing that you're, you're going to make a huge difference in a lot of our youth lives. I, I mean, I, he already I, is. I mean, yeah. I cannot take full credit. I have an amazing staff. Most of the time, it is uh, the the cadet cadre, like uh, Chief Staley and some of her other uh, contemporaries, who are mostly doing the hands-on things with cadets. Mm-hmm. I just uh, I half jokingly tell the cadets that I'm there to facilitate all that. I'm there to do the paperwork. I'm there to make sure. I'm there to fertilize the ground. They're in charge of growing. Right. Um, but I mean, think about this your own sister saw the growth in you and the change. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Just by not getting, you have, you have a team and you have a great team, but just your story alone, mm-hmm. like that when people, especially with our youth nowadays, when someone can relate to you because what they might be going through and they see what you, you become like your sister, like that's amazing. Just mm-hmm. that simple part is amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's an incredible organization of volunteer professionals because um, like I said, we're all volunteers, and when you have a nationwide organization of 60,000 people who are there not because they're paid, not because they have nothing better to do on a Tuesday night, not because they, they really want to wake up to a uh, an emergency beacon from a downed aircraft at 3 a.m. in the morning, uh, they're there because they want to be there. And when you're surrounded by people who are there because they want to make themselves better they want to make other people better they want to make their community and nation better um that is a great environment to be in no, uh, and it's constantly humbling uh because i hear every single day of uh of senior members who you know they have family duties they have and they have church duties they have they have their full-time job and they're still making time to come out and mentor cadets and, and help teach and learn uh and and teach others and make make our small section of America a better place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so it's very, very humbling to be in such a such an environment like that. Nice. No, and it is. It's actually a very healthy environment. Um, that's what kind of got um, pulled me in. Um, you do hear kind of like military or you know kids think what boot camp. Someone's going to be yelling at me. Honestly, I I really want to um, just applaud you for that. Um, the way you communicate with these kids, um, I think you allow them to be heard and seen. And, um, and I think that's why I recommend it so much. And even from the, the, 
some of the cadets that we have recommended, they say, you know, I'm so thankful that I found something like this. Um, you know, the program that you have, it's amazing. And of course, the highlight of that is you get to fly, guys. You know, um, I know for Melody, I know she was kind of like a little hesitant. Were you a little hesitant right at first? She didn't know what she was expecting. And um, after the first meeting, right? She was like, Mom, I'm, I'm all in. Like, I really, really like this. And she's really enjoyed it. And, um, you know, thank you for that. And that's why I kind of wanted to, to have you guys on. Not only that, but to tell our community that this exists, guys. This is happening. Not only that, but it's affordable. It's affordable so families can can give this to, to even, you know, uh, there's some siblings on there, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of like sports, right? It's, it's it gets very expensive after a while, you know, um, but this really allows so many life uh, experiences, life skills. So, you know, thank you for what what you do. You're, you're very welcome. I, I really <laughs> appreciate that. I, I uh, one of my mentors says that the, the two main things is the responsibility of leaders to make sure that your people feel loved and make sure that they uh everyone wants to feel loved and everyone wants to have a sense of purpose in their life. So if you can, and it's up to the leader to make sure that people feel appreciated um, and people are being the best person that they can be. Uh, And sometimes that means using in the continuum of our leadership tools that we have. Sometimes it means, you know, inspiring and, and making, and, and giving them great opportunities. And other, sometimes it's the not so fun tools of of discipline and, and correction um, but luckily in, in my case, I've largely been on the, on the, uh, opportunity side of things. Uh, very rarely do I, do I have to go into a, uh, a disciplinary situation because everyone who's here wants to be here. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's great to see, um, parents really appreciate Civil Air Patrol. We have tried at Squadron 49, um, and Civil Air Patrol in general to make things as affordable and we will help mm-hmm. out parents as much as we humanly can. Uh, and if there are problems or if even that's not enough, just communicate with us and we yeah. can help. Um, uh, if, we, if we are able to, we, we can and will help. Um, because like what you said, um, going for a football team, that is easily $400 uh, yeah. uh, just just straight out the, the gate. Um, this is uh, 40 five dollars for cadets a year and we help out with most probably 80 percent of their uniform yeah um, is it 45 dollars a year yes a year for one yes. child mm-hmm. yes for senior members it's 82 dollars a year yes and they get their uniform and we actually just got a reimbursement check um for cp cp or CPC so CPC was definitely a highlight for Melody as well so she kind of got to to get away it's a conference right yeah it's cadet cadet programs conference Hmm. and that's of course Mike was teasing me because I did cry it was something that I had never um let Melody leave my mama cried on the show (laughs) (laughs) I was like she it's okay she's gonna be back (laughs) yeah I got a little emotional because um you know yeah, we're kind of like little helicopter parents, you know, and, and it was a little hard to kind of let her go. She was like, I'm out. Bye. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> she really didn't call me um, much. And I was kind of a kind of a little butthurt, I can say. <laughs> but I knew she was in good hands. And um, just when she got back. Right, Mills? Can you share a little bit of experience about that? How what, what did what did you uh, get to experience there? Um, there in the morning. 
general assemblies, which they kind of tell you what's happening and like what it's about. And it's really cool because they, they make it fun. It's mm. not just there for military or whatever. They like make you want to go to the general assemblies. They make you want to like go to your classes um, during the days. And um, they have like a fair or a dance at the end of it, which also makes you more excited to be there. And they really have cool classes there. You could do like arts and crafts or dance or maybe even like how to teach a class mm -hmm. um, there. You really could do what you want in there. It's not just focused on the military or CAP. That's good. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Let me go back. <clears throat> so when your first meeting you went to, um, what was it? Your mom mentioned that you were, you was hooked after that first meeting. What was it about that meeting that, that grabbed your attention? Maybe the classes because you really learn something new mm -hmm. every time you go. They don't focus on one thing every meeting. Okay. So it's kind of like a surprise every Tuesday. Okay. So are, are you a part of the classes or? Uh, on, on occasion, I am. I, I Sometimes I wish I could teach more, mm -hmm. but uh, oftentimes we this is a cadet-led organization. So mostly the senior members are there to mentor and observe and to oversee. Uh, but the actual people who are actually doing the classes most of the time are the cadets. So which gives them public speaking experience, which gives them leadership experience, research, um, and, and lets them uh, really learn how to excel in a public speaking domain. So, so it's kind of like their peers are teaching each other. Exactly. Wow, that's, that's amazing. That's a great model, actually. Exactly. And on, on the note of the Cadet Programs Conference, that is an outstanding activity that was actually the brainchild of cadets. So once again, this is a cadet-led organization. So a bunch of cadets said, we want something that's more, or that's less military-like, that's something that's fun, that gives us unique opportunities, that's just, let's all go out and see what Civil Air Patrol has to offer and, and other things have to offer. Let's get other organizations inside here. And that started out as a cadet, as cadets coming together and saying, we need an activity like this. And they actually went out and figured out and did it. Um, all the senior members basically did was handle the, the budget and figure out the right. logistics of it. But it was the brainchild of cadets. It wasn't the senior members thinking, we really need a, a, a fun activity here. It was the cadets using their voice and, uh, and, and saying, we want this to happen. And they went out and did it. I love that. I, I love that business model. Mm -hmm. And I can see why it was fun now. Like, because it's not some old person up there telling you, you got to do this, you got to do that, right? <laughs> so they made it fun. Like, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, and I think that's the best part about CAP that really sets us apart from different organizations is because we're, like for, of course, we're all volunteer, but we're right. all also cadet run. So when you go to a typical squadron meeting, it's you, if you look around, it's the cadet teaching the class. It's the cadet showing them how to wear the uniform. It's the cadet commanding drill. When someone comes in the CAP, you're not just sitting there to watch someone else teach you. Right. We throw you right into the thick of it. Like when you first join, one of the first things you're going to learn is you're going to learn how to start teaching other cadets. Even if it's a new cadet, you've only been there for like three weeks or so, you still come up to someone, hey, let me show you how to wear your uniform properly. Right. Uh, we'll also make you command a flight. You can be out there teaching drill of about 15 different cadets. Um, we'll put you as the public affairs officer or the recruitment and retention officer of the squadron. You can be 12 years old and we can be showing you these different opportunities to take responsibility mm -hmm. and to kind of really grow your leadership experience. They're very small things sometimes. A lot of cadets just tend to see them very small, but really we're building up 
um, a lot. And I know for me, when I first joined, like I, I noticed there was a big change in the little things that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was making a difference. It was helping other people. And I, th- I know that's what helped me stay through the program, but it's all cadets. You'll see the senior members are there as well as very close mentors, and they do a lot of the teaching. But really, it's like it's the hidden thing behind CAP. It's like those people up there doing stuff, they're there because they've been given mentorship, learning experiences. And this is something you often won't see in other organizations. There can be a 13-year-old going off to national championships, which there are today. So it's, there, it's, there's a really big difference in this program. I think that's what's really sets us apart from other youth organizations. Yeah. And how long has this program been in existence? Uh, it started on December 1st, 1941. Oh, that long? Yes, it's, it's, it's wow. been around for, for a good while. <laughs> that's crazy. How come I've never heard of it? It is, one, unfortunately, one of the best-kept secrets in America, mm-hmm. un- unfortunately. And, uh, and most people, um, I think it's largely because since we are volunteers, most squadrons, there are some squadrons that are part of schools, but most people have heard of <laughs> Junior ROTC for the Air Force or right. the Cadet Corps because they are inside schools. Right. We don't necessarily, there are some squadrons that are only school squadrons, but they're rather the exception rather than the rule. Um, most squadrons are just a, a quilt of just, you know, some are homeschooled, some are from private school, public school, everything. So it's hard. I don't want to say it's harder to get in. It's hard to hear about because typically when you go to school, you, you, you hear about junior RTC, Boy Scouts, right. all these other things. Um, uh, I think that's one of the, one of the things that we're trying to correct as of late. I, I work closely with the, uh, with the state of California, the Civil Air Patrol California Wing, um, their public affairs office, and uh, trying to get you know better awareness of Civil Air Patrol out there. So was that was that by design or just they just didn't focus on the marketing the not, aspect? Yeah, the not going into schools. Yeah, uh, I think it, that was largely by design because since we are volunteers, mm-hmm. um, it it wouldn't serve our purpose necessarily to be in a school because a school you have to go to school. You have to stay in, in there until the bell rings. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to stay a volunteer organization, um, we need to do something that, you know, this is outside of school hours. This is outside of the normal. Um, you need to carve out time in your studying, in your uh, everything else to come and to excel in Civil Air Patrol. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's largely by design, but it, I think we um, didn't think about the secondary effects of of not at least publicly going into schools or at least putting up posters or doing something like that we don't necessarily need to operate in schools um right but letting more people know that we are we exist uh yeah because yeah, I, I love the business model of it um especially the educational part where you guys let like you throw them into it i mean that does teach them um one, it gives them great self-esteem and great leadership yeah. roles at a young age. And now they can take that into adulthood and, like, really become something. I mean, I love that. Yeah. And, and we've, we've done that um, ever since, I mean, we really doubled down during COVID. Uh, when I took command, it was two months into the pandemic, and I took over the squadron. And it was, what are we going to do? We can't do the things that we normally do. Mm-hmm. And 
we basically, I sat down with the senior staff and basically said, you know what, we can't do what we normally do. Right. And out goes the old, and this is a crisis, and we're going to make the most of it because we have no idea how long this is going to last. So we're going to double down. We can't teach marching, but one of what we can teach, we can teach how to how to communicate, how to teach classes. So every single cadet is going to learn how to research, how to teach, how to do these things, how to conduct themselves during interviews. We're going to do mock and and uh, mock interviews and uh, and and role play these things so that way they are the most professional cadets coming out of this pandemic whenever that might be at the time. Right. Um, and and we've stuck with that because um, uh, I've tried to generalize things at Squadron Forty Nine, and I know other squadrons do this as well. Uh, so that way, the stuff that we're teaching the cadets doesn't necessarily have to only apply to only if you go into the military. Mm -hmm. um, attention to detail is something that you need to know whether you are going to be a Air Force test pilot or whether you are going to be a doctor. Attention to detail still needs to be there. Right. Um, yeah. knowing, being professional and knowing when to goof off and when to not, um, that is universally needed. Mm -hmm. uh, being able to communicate, being able to have a strong resume, no matter what happens, or, or being able to lead people, even if no one else is leading. Um, I, I think the, se the second best solution to problems uh, on a world stage is a lack of leadership. Mm -hmm. um, so if, if we can solve most of these problems with good leadership, um, leadership that puts others above themselves, that sticks to integrity, that has a dedication to excellence, we can solve a lot more problems than what we you know. Give you you hit it on the nail because there's so many people out here, and I'm speaking of adults, and I know a lot of them, who everybody wants to be a leader, but they don't know how because they was never taught properly. And it's not, not a, to a father of their own. They just was never taught properly. They just saw, oh, all these leaders, they, I want to be this entrepreneur, I want to do this and that, but they wasn't taught properly. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're not good leaders. They're actually causing more harm than mm -hmm. anything. Cause it, so I, I love that fact. Like we, we need to teach our youth how to be leaders. So mm -hmm. when they grow into adulthood, whether it's going into whatever profession, they know how to lead. Yeah, and the and the way that we start that off is is you need to lead yourself. Don't yeah. expect to lead somebody else if you can't lead yourself. So, right. you know, let's start with you. Let's start to make sure that you're doing the work that you need to be putting in. Um, and then from there, you know, let's start expanding your sphere of influence. You don't need to um, – leadership does not mean that you're the person on top. Right. Um, oftentimes, it is the person to the side of you who can lead – and, and be like, hey, I'm going to set the example even if my boss isn't or even if society isn't. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm going to be the person who stands up and I'm going to be the person who leads. Right. Um, not in a jerkish way, uh, not in a forceful way, but no. oftentimes it, it, it does come down to the person who's standing next to you, not the person with the official rank title. Right. Um, but it is oftentimes even, and that's something that's really cool to see cadets um, click in their brains and realizing that okay, I'm not, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a parent. I'm not. I'm not a person in in authority, the official sense. But I can still be the person in class that I'm going to be the leader of my class, and I'm going to be paying attention, and I'm going to be setting the standard. Um, and people, whether they like it or not, they are watching. And everyone's spheres of influences are bigger than what they realize. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really cool to see cadets realize that hey. My younger, my younger sibling was watching me. I had no idea that my younger sibling was watching me throughout Civil Air Patrol. I had no idea. I thought they just said, okay, bye, Adam. Go go do your thing for two and a half hours and come back. Yeah. Um, I had no idea that my younger sister was watching me. I had no idea that 
um, other cadets and uh, my classmates were watching me. I had no idea that church members were watching me. I had no idea of any of this until going to Civil Air Patrol and realizing, hey, uh, I had no idea that my parents were watching me. And you, believe it or not, I mean, uh, children can have an effect on their parents. Yeah. yeah. And it can be the uh, child. Uh, I once had a cadet several years ago come up to me and say, uh, sir, I um, decided to... Tr- um, set the example and be respectful to my parents when they were fighting and they stopped fighting mm. amongst themselves. And and it's just like, that is the example that you need to put out into the world for the rest of your life. Well, you know, it, it just shows, goes to show like you did it for yourself. Like how you were just speaking earlier, like we, we gotta, we gotta be an example of ourselves. Like we can't talk about being leaders or whatever. And if we're not taking care of ourselves and right. it seemed like you took care of yourself and everybody noticed it. Like your sister noticed it, your family noticed it. Everybody yeah. noticed it. Cause you wasn't about, Oh, I'm gonna go do this and get all the likes and the recognition or whatever. You was doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is what is attractive to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really fun to map out. Like, as I talk to prospective cadets at my desk and, saying like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm. And some of them want to be an actor. Some of them want to be a doctor. Some of them want to be a test pilot. Some of them want to um, go into the military or do something else. Uh, And I can literally, just from them knowing where they want to go, I can map out and say, okay, Civil Air Patrol can help you get there. If you put in the work, we can help you get there and at least give you the skills to make you more competitive in that field. Um, It's not a guarantee, but we can sharpen you so that way you look uh, head and shoulders above everybody else uh, mm. by the time you graduate high school and are going for that job. Mm. I like that. Sharpen. Mm. Yeah. It's highlight what they have, mm. you know what I mean? And be able to give them those life skills that they might, might yeah. need. Exactly. And everybody has different skills and right. it's, it's kind of like those video games where you see some people are high in intelligence, but low in strength or mm. so vice versa or whatever it is. And it's just showing that like, Hey, you don't need to be the best in this, but you do need to develop the skill. Um, there are some cadets where I need to tell them to tone down the drill sergeant. There are other cadets, and I, and I place them in a different position, so that way they tone it down, and that is the nature of that position. Yeah. There are other cadets where you need to get your voice, and you need to be able to say, no, this is not uh, right, and this is not up to standard, and that is your job to uphold the standard. So you need to be able to say, no, this is not right. Um, and I put them in that position, um, and that might not be their forte, but at least... It goes from, uh, and it still might not be their forte when they leave Civil Air Patrol, but at least they've learned a little bit of that skill of being like, hey, I need to know how to at least, I might not be the best communicator, but I'll be good enough. Or I might not be the best at being aggressive or being um, a stickler. But sometimes there are times where you need to be a stickler. There are other times when you need, need to dial it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, leadership is, is, a, is a system of dials, not switches. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so true. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And, you know, I'm sitting here looking at um, Chief Staley. <laughs> All these um, badges you have, are they called badges? Or uh, Yes, uh, this is ribbons. a badge. This is known as a ribbon. Ribbons, ribbons. okay. I'm noticing all these ribbons. So what are they? Talk about that. So a lot of these, um, this is what happens when you progress more in the program. Mm-hmm. Each promotion, you'll receive a ribbon. Uh, and you can kind of see they all build on each other. Like this is an airman, okay, uh, and it moves up all the way up to chief, which is what I am now. Okay. A couple of them are awards. Maybe you'll go to an event and you'll receive a, a ribbon for participating and completing it. 
uh, others, it may be for work that you've done towards the program, but all of them really, it's kind of a map, so to say. That's what I've heard a lot of cadets refer to it as. Um, all these ribbons you earn show proof of your dedication in the program, what you've done. And you get to proudly wear it on your uniform. Right. And others will look at your ribbons and think to yourselves, that's where I want to go. That's what I want to do in the program. So in a general sense, the ribbons are for recognition to show what rank you are. But what, how I like to see it, what these ribbons are and how you earn it, is everything mapped out in your um, in your cadet development and in your life. So... And it's also yeah. inspiring to younger cadets where they might only have two of those ribbons, but they see that person with a chest full of ribbons. Mm -hmm. They went through the same thing. They have the same ribbon that I do. Yeah. Um, and they went through the same steps that I'm going through. And they struggled with this, or they probably struggled with much like this podcast is trying to, uh, trying to highlight is that, you know, the well-worn path um, to some, I mean, everyone has struggled along this path, right. uh, yeah. even if it's well-worn. So so that's kind of a, a similar thing to people of lower grade uh, in Civil Air Patrol. They can look and say, hey, I have that ribbon. Um, I don't have all those, but I know at least you you went through the same thing that I did. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know when I first joined, uh, one of my mentors at the time, he was my first sergeant of the squadron. Um, he was showing me, it's like, this is how you take care of a uniform, and he referred to his own ribbons. And I'd look at his ribbons, and I'm like, I want to. I want to strive to be like that. I want to look. I want to have the ribbons to show everything I've done that he's done. I am now twice his rank, uh -huh. so it, it's really inspiring from the start. You see these people in uniforms. You see these people doing drill. Yeah. Everyone in CAP, you'll see, are there because they want to be there. They right. want to strive for something more. Um, and really, everything you'll see in CAP is really focused towards the others and showing them a path you can go down. Like we can show you how to be better person in a way um and from the beginning uh cadets are taught the importance of humbleness mm. they aren't gonna come in and be like i'm a sergeant i get to yell at people no yeah. that's not it you have a path to walk everyone else does and we'll often show you how to walk that path we'll show you how to get to where you're going and like he said from the beginning they'll see where you want to go now let's help you take the steps to get you to where you want to go now what's your next rank uh, my next strength is Oop. chief again. Uh, chief has two promotions in order to get there. So I'm on first chief right now. Okay. After that, I become what's known as a cadet officer, um, in which case will be cadet second lieutenant. Okay. And then then, then is captain after that, after lieutenant? Uh, sergeant. First lieutenant. Yes. First lieutenant. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you got levels. Second lieutenant, first lieutenant, captain, major, lieutenant colonel, then cadet colonel. Okay. And I'm, I'm assuming you have ribbons. Uh, yes, I do. You I wanted don't. to highlight uh, the fact that it's the cadets who are achieving yeah. stuff. Oh, um, nice. and, and I do have ribbons, um, but but partially because I I could not find them this morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But yes, yes, I, I do have ribbons, and, and it's, it's largely the same with senior members. Uh, for former cadets like myself, I get to keep uh, the highest uh, rank ribbon that I got as a cadet and keep that and just just to show that, hey, I did live right. that life. Mm -hmm. um, and I do know what it's like to be mm -hmm. a cadet um, in Civil Air Patrol. And like I said, there's ups and downs to everything. But uh, I think being able to ha fall back on the experience of, I remember what it was like to be a young and hot-headed 17-year-old mm -hmm. who wanted to go out and change the world, but the adults didn't want me to do that or or 
what I know now is that, hey, the adults actually saw something more than what you did. You had a 5,000 um, foot view. They had a 10,000 foot view and they saw yeah. obstacles that you didn't. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the reason going back to your point, Diana, is I try to communicate that, hey, I'm seeing something more. Yeah. I'm not harshing on your leadership or your idea or whatever it is, but there, here are some obstacles that I see from my elevation here. Um, just to be aware of this is not a no this is a this is why i'm hesitant this is not just me saying no this there is a reason for it right um there's something better out there or some or uh, as an example right. yeah i love it so i, I want to ask melody a question okay <laughs> when you first got in that airplane what first of all have you flown before um before the o flights no so were you scared getting in the airplane i was very scared and once you got up there, did your fears go away? Yeah, um, I felt kind of relaxed when I started flying because the fear of me flying was gone because mm-hmm. I was already doing it. Plus, I knew um, with the pilot in the plane, nothing could go wrong. So, um, and he even reassured me saying that, like, nothing could go wrong and that just in case if something does, that he could also take control of the wheel. Right. Okay. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, did, did you get a chance to actually fly? Yes, I did. How was that experience? <laughs> it was nice. I saw everything from down below. It was It's a breathtaking view. Right. And, and you, wasn't, you wasn't scared or nervous of flying? Like, everybody's life is in your control right now. I was a, I was a little scared <laughs> while scared. I was flying still, yeah. But fun though, right? That's amazing. Congratulations on that. Yeah. I don't like flying too much, but I mean, I like it, but I don't like the taking off part. And she's only twelve. No, I know. You don't know, but <laughs> amazing. No, but it's it's a highlight that how many I tell people this all the time, and I think that's my selling pitch. How many twelve year olds do you know that can say, "I fly"? I flew. No, I flew, I flew a plane. I fl- yes. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and and for like, fifty four dollars. Okay. <laughs> Not only that, but what we you were saying um, before we went on the air is that you guys are going to try to break that record this year for right to to allow six different times. Right? Yeah. So normally we do what's called O flight days, right? And so we have either one or two aircraft, depending on how many people we have for that particular day. And I think our record was in twenty twenty two was I think five. O flight days throughout the year. Um, we don't have our own Civil Air Patrol aircraft, so we have to borrow some from Bakersfield or, or at March Air Reserve Base, um, the unit there. And so um, this this year, I challenged our aerospace education team to uh, saying we need to do more because we have more cadets than what we've ever had in our history um, at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, literally from 2019, um, we were averaging about five members per Tuesday night. Um, and then now we're averaging about 35. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is incredible. We've actually we moved uh, for the first time in our history to Plant 42. We used to be out in Rosemond. And, uh, and yeah, now, now I've, I've really tried to make sure that those opportunities, we, now that we have more cadets, we need more of those opportunities so that we can give those cadets yeah. uh, opportunities to fly. And after letting everyone know, I mean, the secret's out now, and, you know, they get the opportunity to fly. Mm. 
It's only going to get bigger. Yes. <laughs> yes. We, we might need to remove the uh, the desks in the in the cadet room. Yeah, that's for sure. And the best part about these old flights is you don't need to know how to fly in order to fly. Basically, you sit in an airplane, the pilot takes off, gives you the controls. And that's it. And that's a misconception a lot about CAP. When people want to join, they're like, oh, I have to be. I'm in the military now. I have to know how to fly airplanes. Uh. You don't have to be a pilot to join CAP. A lot of the cadets in CAP, they don't want to be pilots. They want to go off and do something else. They want to become a doctor. Um, but we still give them this opportunity regardless of their career status. Like, yeah. you want to? Go ahead. We're going to give you that opportunity to go fly a plane. Yeah. That's a mer- um, an amazing experience, though, just to even say I flew a plane. Yeah. Without having to go through the schooling and all that, like, hey, I flew a plane. Yeah, it's great. I, I love hearing the stories from the cadets the next week afterwards. Uh, typically, we do O flights on a, on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and I see them on a Tuesday, so... Uh, typically, they'll tell me when they go to school on Monday, their friends are saying, what What did you do this weekend? Uh, and, and they're just nonchalantly saying, yeah, I just flew an airplane, you know, right. whatever. This is, you know, normal yeah. normal Saturday for us. And, and they're all 12, and they're, they're looking at them <laughs> like, wait, what wait, did what? you do? <laughs> it's so true. I mean, what do your friends say when you tell them you actually got to fly? They Honestly, they think I'm lying. They yeah. believe you. That's, wh- that's why we take pictures. Yeah. I, yeah. Pictures and video. <laughs> no, I saw the video, and I, I was pretty impressed, and I was, I was very happy for you at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. And not only that, but I'm so grateful that we did find um, you guys because it, it, it kind of shifted something, right? It sparked something in Melody, and that's I kind of briefly told you that last time I said, it's like night and day, honestly. You know, and she actually takes initiative like, oh, OK, you know, I have to do this or, you know, she's she's coming around. Of course, you know, she's she's 12. She's mm-hmm. still developing. Um, but I'm thankful that she has um, leaders like you guys around, um, you know, especially um, in the society that we live in. Um, we have uh, social media where they're idolizing the wrong people, mm-hmm. I think, highlighting the wrong um what is it? Influence mm-hmm. that we really shouldn't have, you know. So this is why I was so excited about you guys coming in. And not only that, but to give parents an opportunity to know that that there are other options. And sports are expensive. Some families come from a lot more um, siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love the fact that there are a lot of siblings also in, in the program. Um, so I can't wait to see how big it's going to get after oh this. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, we, we went from arguably the laughing stock of California to in 2020, we were the composite squadron of the year for the entire state out of 67 squadrons. Mm. Um, and we were the only squadron to grow during the COVID pandemic and, uh, literally every other squadron in, in California wing and throughout the nation dropped by 33%. Uh, in just 2020 alone and we grew by uh, I believe 125 percent so oh my god that's crazy so, so how long is the program how long mm-hmm. so it so that is a multifaceted uh, answer so you can renew every single year okay um so you can join as a cadet at 12 mm-hmm. um you can stay a cadet until you are your 21st birthday Okay. Um, after that, you either need to leave or become a senior member. Um, being a senior member, you can stay. Uh, it is from age 
18. If you're already 18, you have to be a senior member. You can't go as a cadet. Um, or on to infinity, basically. Uh, up until three years ago, um, we had a World War II veteran in our, in our mm-hmm. squadron until he passed away. And he literally had half of his head um, missing from a grenade from Nazis. Um, and he was still there. He was still kicking. And he had a lot of uh, very interesting stories. Um, but like part of his part of his head, the first quarter of his head was was uh, dented in, and uh, and he was just like, no, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna stay here, and and mm. I I used to Maybe. drive him um, to the squadron meetings when he was um, um, unable to drive himself, and it was really really cool, just kind of picking his brain about um, that generation and um, what it was like, and uh, and we've had several other uh, members uh, of just Squadron Forty Nine particular who um there was one who joined in 1952 so 11 years um after the birth of civil air patrol so he's he was in for 65 years at the time oh Um, my god so so it's a year it's a it's uh what's not even a year uh it's it's yearly and it's yearly so when, when when someone joins let's say like melody right um, what's the commitment? Like, does she have to go every week, every twice a month? Like, what what is it? So we have a um, weekly meeting on Tuesday nights, unless there's okay. a, a holiday, or we typically take the last couple of weeks of December off. Um, but generally, uh, I tell all the cadets that um, if you join for the year, and if you, specifically your parents paid the, the $45 for you to join, um, stay for the entire year. If you don't like Civil Air Patrol, don't renew. But right. somebody else paid $45 to get you in here. Mm. So make it worth their investment. Somebody is investing in you right. to actually do this. Um, if it's your own money, you do what you want. If you don't like it, you don't have to come back. But I always tell cadets and, and also senior members, if you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. Right. Yeah. Um, so, um, so you will definitely get the most out of it if you are coming to every uh, squadron meeting that you can. Um, and if you are promoting, and I don't force cadets to promote, uh, they promote at their own rate. So if they want to do it, they go out and go and do the studying and they do the testing and they prepare for the test. I don't force them to do it. We don't devote hardly any time of the squadron meetings to um, directly prepare them for their tests. We, we try to prepare them for some aspects like the marching and the drill tests, but the rest of it, the reading, all the online tests, they have to do themselves. Um, which shows that you actually want this. I'm, I don't want to just push uh, cadets through a promotion cycle if they don't want it and they're not ready. Right. Um, right. So ultimately, the best way to get the most out of uh, Civil Air Patrol is to come to squadron meetings, uh, promote regularly, um, because it will get, it's kind of like staying in the same grade for four years in a row right. in school. Things will get very monotonous after a while. Mm-hmm. But as you learn more, and we, we're about ready to have a couple of new sergeants um, in our squadron, now that they're sergeants, we're teaching them, okay, how are you going to lead? You are now the authority. You're no longer the peer leader. You are now sergeant so-and-so. Um, you are now sergeant. And now now you need, to, the, the relationship has changed, and now you need to be, not only set the example, but now you need to enforce the standard, right. um, which means you get to learn a little bit more tools in that leadership toolbox. Um, there's also plenty of activities all throughout uh, California. There's basic cadet school, airman training school, air shows, encampment during the summer, uh, 
Aerospace Education and STEM Academy coming in, uh, I believe it is July, right here at Edwards Air Force Base. And um, a ton of different activities that happen over weekends or during the summer. Um, and those are also all volunteer based. Like if you want to go, you can. Um, and we try at Squadron 49 to help facilitate that. We facilitated um, carpools for cadet programs conference and stuff like that. If cadets want to go to activities, I'll make sure that they go. Yeah. Um, uh, but if, if they want to put in the work to do it, I will do my part and make sure that they go. Um, but ultimately it's however, it's kind of like a, a, it's kind of like the ocean. Um, how deep you want to go depends on you. How far mm. out do you want to go? Right. So, I mean, if you, if you don't want to get wet, then, you know, what's the point of going to the, <laughs> to, to the, the beach? beach. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you can stay ankle deep and things will get rather boring. But as you go further and further out, it gets more and more exciting. Sometimes you need more and more tools and skills to yeah. be able to go that far. Mm. But um, I, I, I like to use the, the beach and ocean analogy. Mm. I love it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely love it. Yeah, and oftentimes, <clears throat> excuse me, when you ask uh, different cadets from varying grades, varying ranks, what do you do at CAP? What do you learn? You're going to get very different answers. Mm -hmm. Like you may be asking an airman, what do you what do you do? He's like, oh, I read an element of this many flights. I do my uniform. I show them how to do it. You may ask someone a little bit higher, what do you do? Oh, I staffed for this wing-wide conference. I helped with this activity. Moving up, I work for the California wing. I work for the region. I work for national. Um, you know, when you when you go through the ranks, it's like again, as he was saying, <laughs> it gets m you, more opportunities open to you the farther you go into the program. Right. Like you may. Uh, you may be asking someone who's, for example, a senior airman. You may only be seeing as far as to what a senior airman sees. But when you ask, for example, a lieutenant colonel, they've gone a long ways. They've gone through a lot of things. The, the, again, the more you go into the program, the more you promote, the more you put your time into it, more opportunities will open up. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes when you're progressing that fast, you'll never get bored. There's always right. something to do and always something to learn in CAP. Wow, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and those oh, yeah. three main missions, the aerospace education and emergency services and cadet programs, cadets get to be part of all three to varying degrees. Like, there are entire worlds inside each one of those missions. And some cadets go into emergency service, go into everything, and they, they are part of the search and rescue teams and the ground teams that are going to go out if an airplane crashes and, and there's an emergency beacon going off. They're going to be the ones who are going out at 3 a.m. and helping the sheriff's department go find a lost boy scout or, a, or an elderly person who's missing or, or, uh, or like I said, a downed beacon. Um, uh, and then there's aerospace education where there's, there's cadets who are going there to learn how to fly, to do those opportunities. They're going to be rocket at rocketry experts. They're going in for um, robotics, um, programming, a bunch of different other like STEM activities. And then there's cadet programs where they're promoting, they're learning leadership and they're doing all these different activities. Um, and uh, for me personally, I, as a cadet, I was largely an aerospace nerd and leadership nerd. So I stayed in the aerospace uh, and the cadet program side of things. I kind of dabbled a little bit in the emergency services uh, world, but uh, it was all based off of what I was interested in. So if I wanted to go to that activity, I could. Uh, if I wanted to go to that search and rescue exercise, I could. Um, Sometimes I chose not to. Sometimes there was other things going on. And I always tell parents and cadets that 
um, family, religion, and, and school all take higher priority than Silver right. Patrol. So if if Aunt Martha has come to town and, and it's on a Tuesday night and you can't come to Silver Patrol, that's totally fine. I'm expecting, I, I treat all cadets, no matter what their age, as professional adults. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, you know, something happened, communicate and say, hey, I need to study for my math test tomorrow. I need to, I need to take a couple weeks off because I'm going to go on vacation with my family. I'm going to go and do this. Uh, or, Hey, I need to take a leave of absence for the next three months because I think going out for this sport is more important than, than silver patrol. And that's totally fine. Um, there is no ill will towards if, if cadets need to go and do something else. Um, ultimately it's their life and their, racking and stacking of priorities for themselves and if they think you know going out for football and being the football captain for this year uh will help them better position themselves for the future than staying in silver patrol for the rest of the summer that's totally fine um ultimately me and my entire staff want to facilitate that and help them get to where they're going even if it's only for a few months or a year or whatever it is I love that. You guys are really treating them right. how, how we say, like, you know, you are an adult, so it's your decision, your life. Like, and you guys are enforcing that, and, and I love that. It's not like, no, you got to be here. No, if yeah, you feel no. like you don't want to don't be here, then at the same time, you, like, it's your consequences, mm-hmm. right? I, I love that. Like, you guys are really putting them, like, in the fire. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and ultimately it's, it's, it's meant to um, – be a large leadership laboratory. Yeah. Uh, life itself is just a large leadership laboratory. This is a safe place for cadets to learn those leadership skills. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the the kids' playroom. They're learning things. Yeah. They're learning how to build building blocks with Legos before they go out and play with bricks. Mm-hmm. They're learning yeah. how to do these things. They're learning these these skills that they they will need in the future. But it's a place where it's like, hey. There's consequences to when yep. you when you decide to mouth off and all the cadets are looking at you. Not only is that unacceptable, um, but now all the cadets are going to start mouthing off to you. Right. And now it just made your job harder to lead them. Right. Um, so did you really did you really win anything by you know deciding to mouth off? Um, the ultimate answer is no. You just made your life harder. You just made our lives harder. You mm-hmm. just made the cadets' life harder. You just put a stumbling block to those people who are looking at you being, you are the golden example. Yeah. You got to really treat like treating them like how life treats you. Cause life is not going to be easy on any right. of us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I tell people that all the time. And like when I'm teaching people something or telling them something like, look, I, I, I don't sugarcoat nothing because life isn't. So why, why am I going to sugarcoat for you? Like that? Cause that's not doing you any justice. Mm-hmm. So I, I commend that. Like you guys See. are doing a great job. Yeah, something I always try to teach the cadets, like my, the biggest thing I always tell them is professionalism. Mm-hmm. Professionalism is key. And one question I always ask cadets, and, I'm, and t- sometimes it's in a room, I speak to the group, and I'm like, everybody, look around you. Look at all of these fellow cadets around you. They're your age. Some of them may be officers. Some may be NCOs. Some are airmen. How would you like it if every single person in this room started acting exactly like you? Right. All your traits, your good and your bad, the exact same personality. What would you see in that? And oftentimes, that's a shattering point for cadets when they're like, oh, I, I don't want people to act like me. I'm like, I don't want that to happen. And I'll always ask them, I'll always tell them, it starts with you. Don't look at other cadets and expect them to show you how to, how to be, you know, a change. Although that is part of it, but change starts with you. Mm. We're treating you as an adult. 
from this point on forward, you are, you're not just a cadet in Civil Air Patrol. You are a member of the official Air Force Auxiliary. We're the only organization entrusted with search and rescue missions and emergency services. And this is, again, this is run on the shoulders of primarily 12 to 19, 21 years old. So it's a big thing on your shoulder. And Mm -hmm. cadets, that's often makes cadets things like, I can be the change that I want to see in the community. So am I going to act like an immature 12-year-old who really bad-mouthing off everyone? No, you are the the Air Force Auxiliary. You are a volunteer, but you're still associated with the brilliant Air Force. And that really puts things into perspective for the cadets. It's like, I can be the change that affects people around me. I love that. And that's why I love them. <laughs> well, you know, Diana is your biggest supporter. Like oh, she's yes. constantly talking about you guys. Yes, it, it's been it's been really cool. I, I saw the social media posts uh, when when Melody was getting her O flights. Unfortunately, I couldn't go that day, but it was really cool seeing um, parents and and partnership with parents. That's one of my mm-hmm. main priorities as commander. Um, before. Um, Unfortunately, when I first joined, there wasn't as many partnerships with parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it was largely, hey, you drop off your kid. Mm-hmm. We, we teach them whatever we want to teach them. Mm-hmm. You pick them up and, and you go home. Um, and, and very, very minimal communication. Um, I've tried my best to, to change that and really try to partner with parents. Um, I like to tell uh, potential parents of cadets when they come to my uh, desk that we're one of the very few youth organizations left in America where we actually want parental involvement and we want we welcome parental feedback and parental par- partnerships. We want to help uh, take your child to wherever they want to go, mm-hmm. um, and we want to help partner with the parents and and help them raise the future American leaders that we that we desperately need. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys are doing it. You guys are doing an amazing job, and I, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you, what you guys are doing for this community. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. It's It's been a great uh, journey for Squadron 49. We, uh, we have definitely been through ups and downs, but now we definitely we have gone from the laughing stock, like I said, uh, or seeming laughing stock, to uh, now my, my boss is calling us the powerhouse, one of the powerhouses of, of the state. Um, and, and it's really, really cool to see all the senior members starting to go after uh, different goals. And before, it used to be only one or two people really doing all the work. Mm. Now it's it's a full-fledged staff of, of everyone just going full afterburner. And like I said, it's a really, really cool environment to be in uh, when everyone's going full throttle and being like, hey, what if we can do this? And we really try to instill a, a spirit of innovation in in. Civil Air Patrol and and in Squadron Forty Nine specifically, it's been really cool. Where where there's even cadets where they've come to me and they said, "Sir, we don't we don't want to be taught about rockets right now. Even though right now we're you're teaching us about rockets, we want to learn about computer programming. We we talk to ninety percent of the cadets want computer programming. Can we change this?" And I said, "Yes." So next week I got a uh, microcontroller and we started learning. All of us started learning. Um, computer programming uh the next week hmm. and uh eventually we we programmed our own radar system or some sound radar system um uh basically a, a above water sonar 
Um, we've programmed a an MP3 player basically to to with timing and and how to do different tones on a on a small speaker. We programmed an alarm system with infrared. Um, it was very very cool to see all the cadets be learning together. Um, and this was all their idea. I just bought the microcontroller and the electronics and just go here. Let's. I did not know how to do any it. of that. And we're like, we're going to learn together because <laughs> I don't know what, what we're doing. <laughs> hey, that's the best way to learn. Right? Yes. That's how I learned everything I know. Yes. Just go out there and do it. Oh, man. You know, I'm big the, on that. Everything that CAP is doing is fun. It's all, it all, it's all the brainchild, basically, mm-hmm. of the cadets. <clears throat> Excuse me. A few weeks ago, we had what's known as our safety down day, where the entire week is dedicated to just safety. Safety topics will have people teach. Originally, it's... I mean, typically it's pretty hard to get people to step up and teach classes because safety's well, safety, many find it boring. Right. Um, so we didn't really think we'd get a whole lot of feedback on trying to gather classes. But when my, when the cadet commander walked up, he's like, all right, we have safety down day in a few weeks. Who wants to teach a class? Every single one of their hands rose up. And they were saying, I want to teach on how to set broken bones. I want to learn. I want to show you all hands on how to treat a burn. I want to show you all how to be safe during an earthquake. And like, they're all shouting out ideas. Like we had a really hard time, like picking and choosing what classes, but all the cadets, they're like, I have an idea. I want to bring it to real life. Oh Oh, man. See, people got to come out and sign up and it's, it's so good. I'm I'm so glad it it really just, uh, I don't know, warms my heart. You know that that our community has an amazing program like this. So yeah, and we're trying to make another one. We uh, we've been tasked. My boss has tasked me and uh, and Squadron Forty Nine with trying to rebuild a, a squadron out at Edwards Air Force Base oh. um, because it's um, we are very privileged as Squadron Forty Nine um, to be currently the only squadron in in the aerospace valley, and we don't take that for granted but also at the same time we can't be everywhere mm-hmm. and it's a it's a long drive for those for the edwards community who wants to be part of civil air patrol and mm-hmm. the uh mojave and uh and california city communities who want to be part of this to come all the way out to either um to either us in palmdale or to hatch me and that's a that's a kind of a hard sell so w- what we're hoping to do is get um a squadron built up at Edwards to serve the community there at Edwards uh, and possibly Cal City and Mojave area as well and kind of bridge the gap between us and Tehachapi um, because there's a there's a unit there in Tehachapi, there's a unit in Bakersfield, um, and then there's a few more units north. But right now there's kind of a large gap, and we're trying mm. to do more um, so that way we can continue to grow. And if we don't have the room or if, if we have – I have a few – cadets who are literally being um, caravaned to Roseman, being dropped off, picked up by our senior members, and taken to Palmdale. And they come from California City. Um, If we can make that a little bit easier for those parents, um, uh, we definitely want to try to pursue that. Right. Yeah. I love it. I love what you guys are doing. It's pretty amazing. Are you are you closing this out with a yeah? Crusher goals? So we actually do a crusher goal at the end, and for whatever reason, it always lines up with our guests. So let's see what what we have for you guys. So it comes from Samantha Irby and says, "I'm placing all my hope and scratch off lottery tickets. Those are the keys to the luxurious futures I deserve. 
So I'm like, I think I was a little cut off. So it says, I'm placing all my hope in scratch off lottery tickets. Those are the key to the luxury futures I deserve. Hmm, that's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. And I love scratchers, but I don't seem to win a lot. No, I actually do. <laughs> I'm lying. I actually do. I, I win a lot. So, hey, big ups to those uh, lottery scratchers, right? But in this, I think it, in this aspect is, I think investing in yourself, you can be that lottery, you know, ticket if you're just willing to step up right scratch it um my dad used to always say well you don't win if you don't play so i think it kind of works the same way you know you're not gonna kind of get to where you want to be if you don't invest in yourself not true Mm -hmm. you know so that's kind of how i see it and one of the one of the greatest things is is um that my some of my mentors and including my 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 father uh, would would tell me is is that um, as you climb the ladder, whatever ladder that is, in, in you know life or or your career, um, the the best thing that you can do is as you're climbing, reach down and pull somebody else up, um, and and help them. Kind of like what you're doing with this podcast is showing them these were my pitfalls. Uh, maybe you can have an easier time if you know where where the potholes in this road are. Mm. Um, and and same thing with Silver Air Patrol is trying to teach. Uh, I know I definitely did not do things perfectly uh, as a brother, uh, to to say the least. Or or as, and I know I don't do things perfectly as a husband or or, or as a commander. But um, something that 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 really really we've tried to do and and what my mentors have tried to instill in me is is that you need to prepare the next generation. Um, by writing things down, by getting things ready, by, by reaching over and helping them in any way that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, when you reach the top of the mountain, you don't just stand there and, and say, look at me. You turn around and say, hey, you need to come and see this view too. That's right. Thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say uh, for every action, there's a reaction, right? Mm-hmm. So even though we may do things, like I always say, and excuse me, like I always say shit's going to happen, right? It's the way life is. But once things happen, like what's your reaction to it? Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, just make, going to your point right now where you say you was you didn't do a, a great job of being a brother or whatever, but look at your actions. Look what, look what your reaction was. I mean, look at the effect. I mean, I'm looking at your sister right now, and I'm like, wow, yeah. like you made a, a great impression for her to want to join in. I'm, I'm listening to her speak, and, like, she speaks with a lot of knowledge and, yeah. like, I can see you going very far in your career and, and like definitely being a big pillar in the community. And, and that con- came from your STEM. Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, just, just one quick story of, of, I think one of my favorite memories in civil air patrol, we were at the uh, Edwards air show this past year and, and we were working and, um, and uh, I, I, I speak with, with hope and, and she had just gotten a phone call from Hobby Lobby and she just got a job there. And she had previously told me that the interview process was the easiest thing ever because we do interviews in Silver mm-hmm. Patrol. She's been preparing for this for the past four years. This was easy. Little About a half an hour later, we um, I run into her again, and uh, and she's speaking with uh, the technical director at Edwards Air Force Base. He's, the, he's basically the number one civilian. Mm-hmm. And he was basically offering her an internship um, uh, unofficially, he was going to try to pull some, 
some strings and make sure that the position got open for her to do public affairs at Edwards. Mm -hmm. Um, So in one day, in less than an hour, I got to see my younger sister go from jobless, uh, volunteering at at Edwards Air Force Base at their air show, to I have a job. And I have a future job and a future career. It is not even a job; it's a career. Yeah, right. it's it's a it's it's a, a, a career and and a career that she wants. Right. And and in literally one hour, and I just kind of sat back and I was like, "Oh, this is a really cool moment." Uh, <laughs> I, I really, really, and and this was all stuff that I've gotten to see her grow, um, not just personally, but in Silver Air Patrol. I've gotten to see so many other cadets grow, and that's one of the things that just keeps me coming back. Um, that's, that's just so, so fun. Yeah. Um, and, and it's every, every individual is a, is sometimes a challenge in one way or another. Yeah. And, and every single individual is a joy in, in one way or another. And mm. it's all an individual puzzle to try to get them where they want to go. Yeah. And just seeing in one full moment where she went from no jobs to two jobs in a career, uh, uh, right future career i i thought that was really cool it was a very that proud cool big, big brother moment as you Aww. should 100 percent. as you should <laughs> so you, you've been dropping a lot of knowledge um all, all, all day here um but what, what would you leave the young kids like what type of um message would you want to leave them mm, that is a great question mike i would say i would say choose to take extreme ownership of your life. Um, So you can choose to see things as people are out to get me or life stacked up against me. There's, you know, we have all the isms and schisms of, of racism and all these other, you know, things that you can, you can genuinely blame uh, for, for all or many of your problems. However, you could, or you could uh, choose to take ownership. Why, why, does that person um, not like you? Um, well, maybe it's because I call him out on, you know, whatever he's doing. You're not playing the game. You're not, uh, why did that person get the job and not you? Mm. Well, maybe because you spent your summer uh, playing video games and, and maybe that person spent their time, you know, developing a skill that is needed. Um, taking extreme ownership, and, and that can help throughout all of life. Uh, recognizing that, everything is up to you um that helps in marriage when you know your wife says you know hey you um if you have an argument with your wife and you, you and you say hey you know what that that was my bad that yeah. that that was my bad mm-hmm. and not only taking extreme ownership of the problem or whatever problem that is but taking ownership of the solution mm. is not only was that my fault um I'm going to take ownership of the solution. This is what I'm going to do differently in the future. Um, mm-hmm. And just choosing that, that can drastically change your life and change your outset um, and change your mindset and your and the ultimate outcome in, in your life. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Chief Staley? And I think another really big key factor to success in anything is humbleness. Uh, and this is something we really like to tell cadets from the start. It's like, you're not all that. You're not the only person in the world. You are another cadet. You're one in seven billion people. Mm. And like, I had a, I had my boss, so to say, he came up to me on time, and he's like, you know what, you know what, you remind me of. It's like your motto would be breaking people down in order to build them up. Mm. And like, 
when you're doing things in life, you're not all that. You're not going to just step in and say, okay, I can do this. Be humble. Let, there are people, there are always going to be people above you. Listen mm-hmm. to what they have to say. You're going to make mistakes. Don't be like, oh, I made a mistake. Don't, the world's not against you. Learn from those mistakes. They will help show you um, something that you can take from it and you can do better next time. Be humble. Uh, I've met a 12-year-old airman basic was more humble than a 21-year-old cadet colonel. It's really the mindset you, you choose when you take things. Am I going to be all cocky, you know, be confident in what I'm doing, or are you going to sit back, let others teach you? There are others above me. I know I don't know a lot. I, I definitely don't know as much as Captain's my brother would. I don't know as much as Gaudi would, maybe. There are many things you don't know, and it's always up to you to make sure you're taking the humbleness. Okay, what can I do to learn this stuff? What can I do to be a better person? And oftentimes, you'll notice, like, peop- you'll be recognized for your humbleness. It's the humble people that people recognize and not the people that are outwardly promoting themselves, so to say. You will be recognized for your hard work. You will be rewarded for everything you do. Don't strive for the rainbow, the, the pot of gold at the rainbow. Yeah. Do what you can, do it with excellence, and be humble and listen to those around you. I love it. Wow. Insecurity is, uh, <laughs> that reminds me of a quote, insecurity is, uh, is loud, confidence is quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, well, with that said, you guys, yes. thank you guys so much. Thank you, Cap- Captain Adam Staley and Chief Staley. Um, thank for you, you so guys. much for having us. Mm-hmm. No, it, yeah. this was our pleasure, trust me. This yeah. is definitely our pleasure. Um, I enjoy, I learned so much from you guys today, and I definitely appreciate everything you guys do. Thank you, Cadet Gotti. Hey. Still nervous? <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing. You are. If it helps, <laughs> I'm still nervous as well. <laughs> nah, you guys did amazing. Again, you guys do so much for this community and our youth. And that's that's where my passion is with the youth. And so I definitely, you know, appreciate it. Thank appreciate you. Thank you, you so much for having us. It's, mm-hmm. it's a real honor. Yes. What you Be well, y'all. Oh, that's it? That's it. Oh, well, actually, you know, if, if parents are interested in and, oh, yeah. um, you know, their yeah. kids, have them come out, you know, Tuesday nights. It goes down from 6 p.m. to 8.30, um, you know, and... and at Blackbird Airport. At, yes, I always say we pass by there every day. I mean, some people for years, it's on um, Palm... No, I'm sorry, Avenue P and 30, 30, 25th. 25th Street East, Yeah. So you could definitely find them where the Blackbird, um, what is it, Museum Park mm-hmm. is. Yes. So I always want to go there. Yeah, it is a great museum. Yeah, uh, have, I drove by there a few times. Yeah. In ju- in the Antelope Valley, than we uh, most places, most every other place in the United States. I gotta go oh, by there. I think so, we have, I think four. Yeah. yeah. They do a free there. tour for Father's Day. That's that was our first time last year. Oh, very cool. Actually, ever checking it out in all the years I've lived here. So. Well, check it out yeah and for those who don't really know what we do like a lot of you may be listening you may have never heard of civil air patrol mm-hmm. we may sound scary we may not sound scary but when you get this is what a typical meeting will look like when you go to cap almost not every meeting is the same we like yeah. to change things up a little bit but this is what you can expect from a normal meeting so you show up six o'clock everyone will be in their classroom and typically the first thing we do is lead the cadets out for drill maybe like 10 half 10 minutes to half hour of drill. We'll teach you how to march, we'll teach you how to salute, we'll teach you how to stand at attention. Um, mm-hmm. After that, we'll come inside and we'll do a wide range of classes. It can be anything from showing you, here's how to wear a uniform. 
We'll show you the standards in CAP. We may show, we may give a quick safety tip. Here's how to patch a broken arm. And we'll show you, we'll not actually break your arm, but we'll show you, here's how you can put on the cast. This is what you can do right. when the situation arises. Um, we may also teach something from aerospace. Here's what's new in the aerospace community. This is what happened this week. Or this is how a jet engine works. This is how to read a map. Uh, we'll also teach leadership. We have something that's known as character development, which is where we basically ask cadets, what happened in the world? And we'll get answers like, oh, the war in Ukraine. Oh, this debate with this person. Oh, hunger in this area. These Chinese balloons. We'll pick one, like, for example. Uh, we did We one? did uh, a, a famine uh, not too long yeah. ago. It's like, okay, we have food shortages in this place. How do we solve this? And cadets will be speaking up. It's like using leadership skills. They're coming up with creative solutions to help solve this issue. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, this is what happened. It's this is what happened. Now, how as leaders can we fix it? And, and then we'll we bring them. it down to their level as well. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, right. well, this these problems didn't just start off as big problems. They start off as small problems with, with individuals. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Hopefully, people do come out yeah. and and um, get involved. Yes, you know, involved. and and all that fun stuff. Oh, it's definitely a great yeah. program. If, if I had young kids, I would definitely send them. Uh, my kids are older though. But um, definitely get involved, and good luck on your uh, your journey with it. You're yeah. gonna do amazing as well, and I want to see a bunch of those ribbons on your chest one day. Hey. Oh yes, because <laughs> I know you're gonna get them. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be there to help show her. How. There you Absolutely. go, C-Mel. So. All right, you guys, we All out right. of here. We're out. Thank you. Be well. You. Be well.